Hello, everybody. This week's parasha is Parashas Kayasara. And the Medrash, in the beginning of the parasha, says something interesting. The Medrash says, the Medrash brings a Pasuk. The Pasuk says in Mishle, somebody who chases after doing Tzedakah and Chesed, he will find Chayim, Tzedakah, and Kavod. He will merit to have a long life. Tzedakah and Kavod done to him. Says the Medrash, who is this referring to? Who's somebody who's roidif stuck of a chesed? Is it Avram? This is Avram, like the Pasuk says. Avram was shamru derech Hashem, lasad stuck. Avram Avinu did a lot of stuck. And chesed, we find that Avram Avinu did chesed, says the Medrash, where shegamal chesed lesara. That he was gaymal chesed, he did kindness to Sara, that he buried Sara in Mara Samach Pela. And all of the Farshia Medrash, <coughs> Are very surprised by this measure. What does this measure mean? The only chesed we find by Avram Avinu is that he buried his wife Sarah. Seemingly, that's something anybody would do. Anybody would bury their own wife. Avram Avinu did so much more chesed. We know all the chesed Avram Avinu did with the malachim and all the other times he made the Aisha, he made the special inn where he took people in. Why, of all cases of chesed, does the medrash only point out the chesed Avram Avinu did with burying Sarah? So I saw some Sfarim say, the Sefer Drash Mardukai he brings, that because a lot of times it's much easier to do chesed with everybody else except with your own family. When it comes to your own wife, there's not much appreciation, not much thanks, and therefore it's much harder to do chesed at home. And that's the true bar, true way to measure. Someone's really a bal chesed is if he does chesed at home with his own family and his own spouse. But I saw the Yifei Tayar says a different shot. Yifei Tayar says that Let's stop and think for a second. Where's Avravinu holding? Avravinu just came back from probably one of the most grueling trips in his life. He almost had to slaughter his only child, Yitzchak, his son who was born to him from Sarah in their late, late years. And he literally gets told at the last second, stop, you don't have to kill him. And he gets back. And sure enough, he finds out that Sarah had just died. And the Medrash tells us the reason why she died was because Satan told her that Yitzchak had almost been killed. And Amravino's life right now is in ruins. He's somebody right now who's emotionally and totally drained. The last thing Amravino wants right now is to be busy haggling with Ephraim, playing games of, I'll give it to you for free, but I won't really give it to you for free. No, pay me a lot. Amravino wants to just move on with his life. He wants to just curl up into a ball and, and be done with all this. But no, Amravino pushes deep down inside him and he tries to find Sarah the best burial spot the Ma'aras HaMachpela, and he doesn't let go, and he goes through everything, and he plays the game with Ephraim, and he pays crazy amounts of money, because that's what chesed requires. True chesed means to be able to see past your own problems and do what the other person needs, no matter what it takes. And that's what Avram Avinu is showing us, and that's the level of chesed that the Medrash points out was really what gave Avram Avinu the title of a Reidiv chesed, was that no matter how how so to speak, sunk in he was in his own life right now. How no matter how bitter things were for him, he was able to push past that and fight for Sarah because he knew that that's what needed to be done. And that's something we all have sometimes to experience is that we have a friend who needs someone to advocate for them. And we don't like being confrontational. But that's what our friend needs right now. He needs someone to stand up for him and to call on his behalf and push for him, whether it's our child or somebody else we know. There's times in life when we have to do things that's not comfortable for us and not in our zone. It's not things we like to do. But it doesn't make a difference because chesed means taking care of the other person's needs and pushing past. And that's what Abraham Avinu implanted in all of us. 
The Yalkut Shemoni in Mishlei says that the whole parak of Ashes Chayil was Avram Avinu's hesped, his eulogy on Sarah. And the Medrash goes on to explain how each line relates to Sarah. And the Medrash says the line of Zamama Sadev Atika Chehu, which means she set her mind upon a certain estate. Sadev is a field. Atika Chehu, and she acquired it. Says the Medrash, this is referring to Sarah, who purchased, she's the one who acquired Ma'aras HaMachpelah. She set her mind to Ma'aras HaMachpelah, and she acquired it. And the question is, obviously, look in the parsha here, it's very clear, Avram Avinu is the one who purchased so why are we saying that Sarah was Zama Masad of She set her mind upon the estate of Marasafela and she purchased it. So I saw in the Sefer Drash Mordechai explains based on the Sefer, one of the Kadmainim, one of the Kubalim named Zecher Avram, Zecher Avram, the Sefer says that how did Avram know that Marasafela was the place to be buried, was the most deepest and so to speak, most spiritually elevated place to be buried? So then he says, that, I believe it's some kind of medrash that he found, that says that when Avram Avinu was serving the cows, shechting the cows for the three malachim, so he went with Yishmael to go and get the cows, and he got two of the cows, and one of the cows ran away. And Avram Avinu chased them, they were in Chavron at the time, and Avram Avinu chased the cow, and the cow ran to the opening of the cave of Maris HaMachpelah, and up until then, the cave was completely sealed. And nobody knew that that was one of the pischais, the openings to Gan Eden. And that's why Adam and Chava were buried there, because it's one of the openings to Gan Eden. And till then, ever since Adam and Chava died, the cave was completely sealed. But because of Avram Avinu's acts of chesed that he was doing during this time of bringing the food to the Malachim, he was zeicha, he merited that the cave opened up, and Avram Avinu was able to see that that's where Adam and Chava were buried. And he smelled Gan Eden over there. And he decided that's where he's going to bury himself in Sarah. Says the Sefer Josh Mordechai. So that's what the Pasuk is saying, that Sarah was Zama Masada V'tikachayu. As we all know, when someone's a big Ba'chesed, obviously it's his wife who's doing a large, large chunk of the work. Avravinu is inviting Malachim and people and passerby into his home. Who's the one who's feeding them, who's taking care of them? It's Sarah. And Sarah, through her setting her mind to getting herself to Gan Eden, she's the one who purchased Ma'ara Samach Pela, through her actions and enabled Avram Avinu to find this Pesach Shal Ganeiden for them to be buried in. I heard somebody said recently a very interesting thing. He said, he asked a class, you know, write down the 10 biggest tzaddikim that you could think of in the past few generations. And they wrote down the Chafetz Chaim, <coughs> Shach, and you know, all the classics and the big names of Aaron Kaldor, all the big tzaddikim you could think of in the past generations. Then you tell them, okay, flip the paper over. Write down the past 10 biggest Rebetzins, 10 biggest Tzadik Tzadkaniyas in the past generation. So they start thinking, okay, Sarah Shanira. Those who know a little more, maybe say Rebetzin Vichna Kaplan. She opened the Beis Yaakov in Brooklyn, in Bar Park. And they're kind of at a loss. You know, Rebetzin Kanievsky, obviously. But, you know, that's it. They couldn't come up with any more. And he said to them, I don't understand you. Just flip the page back over. Who are the first 10 big tzaddikim you just wrote? Every one of their wives. Who do you think made it possible for any of these tzaddikim to become who they were? It was all their rebbitsons. It only takes two to make anything happen. And that is the lesson, again, from this medrash, is that who bought Mara Samachpelah? It was Sarah through her Maisim Tevim and her Chesed and through enabling Avraham to be and to become who he became was Zama Masad of That is, she is the one who purchased Mara Samachpelah.
Later in the parsha, Avram Avinu sends Eliezer to find a wife for Yitzchak. And we find that Avram Avinu spends a lot of time making Eliezer swear to him that he will not take a girl from the Benoist Canaan for Yitzchak. And the Meshachachma asks the obvious question. He says, why is Avram so busy making Eliezer swear? Just tell Yitzchak that you are absolutely forbidden from marrying one of the daughters of Canaan. So the explains that we see from here that this is a proof to the opinion that the Ramah brings from the Marik in Hilchas Kiyudavim. The Ramah brings the halacha is that although a child, a son, is obligated to honor his father and respect his father, he is not obligated to listen to his father if his father tells him who to marry or who not to marry. Because that's not something directly related between him and his father. Kibbutz of aim is limited to a relationship between his father and his son himself. Something I do to you or don't do to you. The father asks the child to give him something, not to give him something. That's where the mitzvah Kibbutz of aim relates to. A father's halacha kibbutz does not extend to decision the child makes within his own life, but who he marries or does not marry. And that's why, says the Meshachach, can only tell Eliezer, his own servant, to make him swear not to do something, but he couldn't command Yitzchak himself. Now, the question, says the Meshachachma, is that we do find that Yitzchak tells Yaakov that he cannot marry any of the daughters of Canaan. So how does that work? If a father does not have jurisdiction over that, <clears throat> how does that work? So the Meshachachma explains that Yitzchak was not commanding Yaakov. He, Yitzchak knew that that was not under his jurisdiction to command Yaakov who to marry or not to marry. He was informing Yaakov that if he wants the brachas of Avram, to continue to him, he has to continue in the path that Avram set, which is to marry, not to marry daughters of Canaan. So he wasn't ossering, he wasn't saying you cannot do it, he was telling him the reality that the brachas that you wanted so badly, they come on the condition that you marry the right person. But it wasn't a commandment in the strict sense of Kibbut of Aim, a fascinating Meshachachma pulling out Halacha Lamaisa from this week's parasha. When describing the positive attributes of Rivka, the Torah notes that that the maiden was beautiful, she was a fair appearance, and you find that when it comes to the Imahis, the mothers of Klaistral, the Torah keeps emphasizing their physical beauty. By Rachel, the Torah speaks it out, the Torah tells us about Sarah, and it's strange because you know in ancient Chayel we say that that beauty and good looks are sheker, it's falsehood. And seemingly, why is the Torah spending time pointing out these physical, external fact, fact, you know, points, facts about the Imais? So if Pam, in his Sefer, Torah Lamelech, he explains and says that beauty and all other physical attributes, these are like zeros, which means that technically in them of itself, they're nothing. They, don't, they have no value. But if you have a person who's a good person, a tzadikas, a balas chesed, a person like Rivka, the Torah shows us all her good midas in this whole story of, of giving the camels to drink. So then all the other attributes start having value as well. Every time you put a one, then all the zeros behind it start making a big difference. And therefore, like the Gain says in Mishle, the way you read the Pasuk of Sheker hachein vehevel ayayfi, you say these things are Sheker, they're, they're worthless, Isha Yiras Hashem, a woman who fears God, he tishalal, she should be praised. What is she praised with? Says the guy, she's praised 
with her yoifi and with her chen. Then we praise her with her yoifi and her chen, because then the beauty and the grace that she has has a value because it's coming off of something that has substance. It's being used as being, so to speak, it's it's adding to a core which has value and it means something. And that's what Tyra is saying is that the Imalis, after the fact that they were Tzadkaniyas, and they were Balas Chasadim, they had this extra attribute. And not only that, but they were also beautiful. And that beauty was an expression of who they were internally. The Pasuk says that when Eliezer saw Rivka go to the well, it says, Evid the Evid ran to go meet her. So Rash said, what did he see that made her go run to meet her and ask her for water? Because he saw that the water, said Rashi, came up miraculously to greet her. It means that she didn't have to bend down into the well to get the water. She saw that the water rose up in the well and a nace happened. So he ran to her and asked her to give him the drink. So the Bali Musar all asked, if he saw a miracle happen to Rivka, that the water came up out of the well to the top of the well so she can go and draw the water easily. So why does he make her test, you know, why does he test her and make her give water to all the camels? You see, she's a Sadekis, she, she has miracles. And the Bali Musar explained that, yes, a person could have miracles happen. That a person could be a very big person. A person could be what's called a Baal Mephis, a wonder doer, a person who does miracles. But it doesn't prove that they're ready to now become the mother of Klai Yisrael. They're going to become one of the Imahis and the founding stones of Klai Yisrael. In order to do that, to be someone who's going to build Klai Yisrael, someone has to be a Balas Chesed through and through. And therefore, for Eliezer, this wasn't enough. He had to see that she was a real Balas Chesed and she would give and want to give to all the camels and everyone else with him. And that was the only test that was going to define for him that this was a proper Shidduch for Yitzchak. And the Balai Musar point out that Yitzchak Avinu, Eliezer is coming with camels full of gold and silver. He has a document, he has a star, which says that Avinu is giving all his wealth to Yitzchak. Eliezer could have gotten any girl for Yitzchak, any girl he wanted. There's no one who wouldn't want to marry into such kind of a family, such kind of money. But Eliezer was looking for one thing. He didn't even ask who the family was before deciding he's going to marry Rivka to Yitzchak. He wanted to know one thing. Does she have the Midav Chesed? Because that's what Avinu implanted in the family, and that's what Avinu was building Klai Yisrael off of, and that's what Eliezer needed to see, and that was the only thing he cared about, is how much of Balas Chesed she was, and everything else was irrelevant. I want to end off with one last idea. In the end of the Parsha, it says that Yitzchak brought Rivka to his mother's tent, and he took Rivka for a wife, and he loved her. So, seemingly, the Pasuk's a little out of order. He first brings her to the tent of Sarah's mother, and then he makes her his wife, and he falls in love with her. So, Victor Miller used to always point out from this Pasuk that Tyre is teaching us that real love only comes after marriage. That's why Tyre says after he took her for a wife, then he loved her. Everything else before marriage, just infatuation, it's a gift from Hashem to, to get people to commit to marriage, but real love only begins after marriage. But the shame of Shmuel says a different shot in the Pasuk. He says that Rashi tells us, what does it mean that he brought her to the, to the tent of Sarah's mother? Rashi says that there were three miracles that existed during Sarah's lifetime. Whenever Sarah was alive, the bread stayed fresh, the candles stayed lit, and the Shekhinah, the cloud of the Shekhinah, was always present over her tent. Says the Shemeshmuel, we find these same three miracles going on in the Beis HaMikdash. 
the base of the lechem upon him, the bread that was in the in, inside the kodesh, it always stayed fresh from week to week. The cloud of the shechina was always above the mishkan, always above the base of mikdash, and the ner hamaravi, the candle on the menorah, always stayed lit. Why is that? So he explains because everything in Gashmias, everything that we have in the physical world, its source is blessing, bracha that's coming from Akash Baruch Hu, the Shafa. There's a spiritual flow that comes down from the spiritual worlds and it sustains everything in the physical world. So usually when things come from the physical, come into the physical world, they get created by a certain blessing from up above. But eventually in this world, things get stale, they get rotten and they start to fall apart. In the Beis HaMikdash, because they were so connected to spirituality, they're so connected to Ruchnius, the Ner never went out, the bread never got stale because it was constantly being connected to Ruchnius. So when things are connected to Ruchnius, they're always fresh because they're always new and they're always connected to the source. Yitzchak wasn't ready to marry Rivka until he saw one last thing. He wanted to know for sure that Rivka had this level of Ruchnius that things are always fresh by her. That when she comes into the tent, the nair will always stay lit, the bread will never get stale, the shechina is always going to be there, because she's so connected to Ruchnius that everything in life is constantly fresh, everything in life is constantly new, everything's a new gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and she's always connected to the shechina from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that was the last test Yitzchak wanted to do before he's ready to marry Rivka. And this is something we have to keep in mind in our own lives, is that the more we're connected to Ruchnius, the more we're engaged, the more we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more freshness there'll be in our own homes, the more things will be constantly exciting, things will constantly be good, and things won't get stale, they won't get boring, because when you're connected to Ruchnius, you're connected to the source, and life is always exciting, life is always full of meaning. We should all have a wonderful and meaningful Shabbos. Good Shabbos.